Okay, hello everyone. Uh, we are we're welcome to this week in Mormons. Today is actually a joint production uh, of this week in Mormons and bless the refreshments. Uh, we are the co-producers and co-creators. What else do we call ourselves? Awesome, uh, awesomes of, of the Bless the Refreshments podcast. Kurt asked us to to take the reins today, and we are very excited uh, to be here. Um, just so you guys can get to know us a little bit, uh, I think we should all kind of start off with some introductions um, of ourselves. <laughs> uh, cool. Uh, so I'll, I'll go first because I feel like I've got the least exciting day job. Uh, my name is John Maruji. Um, and uh, in my in my day job, I am just I work in sales for a tech company. Um, I've got uh, I live in Draper, Utah right now. Uh, and um, I'd love to to also recommend uh, our favorite episodes here. Well, my favorite episode. We'll have Burgess and Tyson do that as well. Um, and I would probably say if you're going to take a listen, take a listen to our most recent episode, which is episode 82. Um, and we had uh, licensed marriage and family therapist Bonnie Young on the show to talk about our new book, Sex Educated. So, yeah, check us out uh, wherever you listen to podcasts after you listen to this one. Uh, and, yeah. So, uh, Burgess, why don't you go next? Sure. I am Burgess, as Johnny said. I My day job is a uh, freelance video editor. Um, I enjoy chocolate and pizza at the and, same time yeah, yeah you chocolate, chocolate, chocolate pizza, pizza. yes Excellent. <laughs> um, i traditionally do the least amount of talking and therefore you shouldn't listen to any of our episodes none of them are my favorite they're all terrible but if i had to pick one it would be our old testament fantasy draft um that we did it was earlier earlier this year no last early last, last year, last year. Yeah. yeah so if as you go through our episodes, you realize that we do a lot of fantasy drafts. It's kind of our our thing. Um, but listen to the Old Testament one. Oh, that 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 one. I remember that one being a lot a lot of fun. That's a good one. Okay, Tyson, you're up. All right, I am Tyson. I live in Bountiful. I am an architect, and uh, currently I work on uh, in our temple studio. So I I work on uh, design and. Uh, construction of temples, um, which is great, and I love it. Um, the other things, uh, what do I do? Um, I love playing pickleball, and so that's kind of my my old man sport that I picked up to try and you know keep me a little a little limber. And um, love movies, and actually all all three of us love movies and get together not as much as we used to but we, we get together and, and watch a flick every now and again and then spend two hours in the parking lot talking about it um it's much more enjoyable in the summertime when it's not freezing cold it's true it's very true <laughs> it's cold right now um and then my favorite episode so i'm gonna pull a johnny and cheat and oh, uh, and pick multiple favorites okay um <laughs> so no surprise. My my favorite episode is going to be our episode on the um, uh, the lost manuscript. Uh, really, really good one if you want to check it out. But another one that's also really good and doesn't get as much uh, doesn't get talked about as much these days is our episode about murder among the Mormons, the Netflix uh, dramatized uh, documentary. 
And was so, that like episode four? Yeah, that's it was, episode it was, five. Yeah, yeah that is a deep, deep cut for yeah. sure. <laughs> so, but I thought it was awesome. I really liked it. So, if you want to go check out those two, I think you'd be happy. The Jared Hess, uh, not. Well, I guess it is a documentary, but they've also got these reenactments uh, that are just so good. They're so Napoleon Dynamite. It's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> it is definitely Jared Hess for sure. Oh yeah, good times, good times. Well, guys, like I said, it's it's nice. Uh, audience, it's nice to nice to meet you. Uh, like I said, we're we're excited to be here. Um, like I said, we'd love if you take, check out the show. Uh, and yeah, but let's guys, let's get down to it. Let's talk about what's going, what went on this week uh, in in the church and the news. Um, I guess we want to start with. Uh, I guess our we should start with show our favorite yeah. show. Yeah, <laughs> we we love deep cinematic experiences. Right. Uh, and real multimedia uh, excitement, like the Real Housewives of Salt Lake. Uh, so th- it was reported this week from the from the Salt Lake Tribune that um, that uh, Heather Gay was a, who was a cast of the uh, Real Housewives of Salt Lake City says that the church is suing her over her autobiography uh, entitled "Bad Mormon." Um, and I like that the that the the the, the trib uh, kind of spelled this out in a little bit better terms. It's like it's not exactly true. They're not really suing her. It says that's not exactly true. The church is not trying to prevent the book from reaching bookstores as scheduled this week. It is not suing it over anything in anything over anything in between the covers. It's suing on what's on the cover. The title, specifically and it really the about trademark, the, the trademark of the title, yeah. the trademark of the title, "Bad Mormons." Um, so yeah, guys, uh, what do you think about what do you think about Real Housewives? First of all, you guys have you guys seen the show? Absolutely not. <laughs> Never ever, <laughs> ever, not? Was ever graced my television set. <laughs> <laughs> I I mean I don't think that we're the target demographic. You know, three men. Right. Uh, with, you know. with IQs over 50. <laughs> you know, though, uh, there's something about just trash TV that's kind of like a uh, kind of like a, a train wreck. You can't stop watching it. No, you can absolutely <laughs> stop watching it. You can 100% <laughs> stop watching it. I'm okay with like mindless television. That's fine. Sometimes you just need to sit back and relax, but it doesn't have to be trash. There's plenty of great things out there that require talent that you don't also don't have to think about that you can just relax to. This Real Housewives of Salt Lake, Real Housewives of anything, anything with the word real in it is Not trash. Real. And you should be ashamed of yourself for watching it. <laughs> oh, jeez. Uh, so um, to all those listening, we love you. And we appreciate you as people. And we appreciate your freedom to watch whatever you want. some people people like the taste of trash I don't currently like the taste of trash I don't like how garbage feels in my (laughs) if you like that fine you know geez for the guy who doesn't talk ever in the episodes you just came out of the uh, came out of the gates firing didn't you yeah I'm a straight Um, tell yes um, Honestly, I, I, think, or, I was just going to say, like, I think, I think a better version of like housewife, uh, you know, the Real Housewives of Salt Lake City would just be like, we should just like 
video our wives together. That would be really entertaining because I, I think they've got a great dynamic. Yeah, for sure. Um, I I think that this is an interesting story, not because I'm invested in the characters at all, because like I said, I didn't, this is the first time I've ever heard of, of Sister Grey. Um, but, I, but what I do think is interesting is uh, the church's, um, like the church's stance in the lawsuit. Um, you know, because at first you think, I don't really know if I like, you know, the, the church should really have a say on, you know, what people do. But again, the word Mormon, like, is is seriously trademarked. Uh, within the church. And the church takes its identity and takes its, uh, and takes its, I guess, um, like its branding super, super seriously. Um, I, I used to work for the church and I was there when they started rebranding. Um, it first started with actual fonts and typesets. Like they started coming up with their own fonts so that they could trademark, they could trademark the fonts. I wasn't there for the rebranding of the, uh, of their, of their, of the church logo. But one thing that they did want is they did want the church logo to be harder to duplicate. And they certainly did that with, with, with the new logo. So I think, again, I think that the, that the, at least the trademark uh, aspect of the lawsuit is, is really interesting. What do you guys think? I do, because I guess the, the interesting thing about it is, is that she wants to sell merch, right? Mm -hmm. And so that has an impact on something that is like a, a core identity of the church. And I think that there is, you know, uh, trademarks get litigated all the time. So I don't, I don't think we should necessarily mm -hmm. hold this to a different standard. It's, it's, I, I think this is, this is a pretty uh, plain Jane lawsuit. Also interesting, the lawsuits helping her, her helping her publicity, right? Oh, for sure. And, and so, I mean, I think, I think if they didn't have a lawsuit, they would be disappointed. Right. <laughs> Yeah, I that that was actually the first thing I thought. It's like why I wish that I the first thing I thought of was I wish the church hadn't sued because or hadn't opposed the pat or the um trademark, the trademark. whatever whatever the 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 wording is um because it is giving her publicity, but I think yeah. if they didn't it would set a bad precedent for if future people wanted to use a trademark cuz there's also like they've apparently done this twice before. Um mm -hmm with like there was something called mormon royalty and then something else that they that they were successful in opposing interesting um a trademark for um i forget i can't it was i can't find it now um but uh but there there were two two times the church successfully did oppose somebody using more like something mormon, mormon yeah. in um in their own tr merchandise was yeah. it Book of Mormon uh, musical? Is that one of them? No, they were fine with that. Like, oh, interesting. And the what I like what, yeah. the, what they did that that I really liked is that in the playbills and they they advertised to order right, right. a Book of Mormon. They said the, the yeah. book is always better. Yeah, yeah. Um, that like that they I thought they did that perfectly. Yeah, um, for sure. But anyway, um, yeah, like oh here it is that. So they successfully challenged past attempts by others to trademark terms real Mormon and Mormon royalty. Um, and yeah, so like we said earlier, this has nothing. I read something in Vulture about this. Mm -hmm. 
which said like there was a quote from Heather Gay. Is it Heather Gay or Gray? Gay, Gray, I think. Oh no, it's Gay. It's Gay. It's, it's Gay. Heather. That's right. Shows <laughs> you how how uh, both yeah, ways how much we know about this woman. Yeah. Um, that uh, like she's quoted saying that the church wants to keep wants to keep this book from the shelves. Yeah. And it's like this. The filing has nothing to do with the book. The book can do whatever they whatever they want. It's the merchandise yeah. that she wants to sell with bad Mormon on it. That's the big issue. Um, and to me, yeah, like Tyson said, this is pretty cut and dry. It's like, yeah, this isn't. To me, this isn't like a controversial thing. This is like, yeah, this to- makes total sense. Yeah. Right. Do Do you think so? I mean, we've already we've obviously already discussed the Book of Mormon musical, uh, but what if? Like, what if John Delin and the Mormon Stories part, podcast started selling Mormon Stories merch? Do you think the church would go after would go after that case as well? I mean, it's a what the criteria is. It's hard to say, right? Yep. Um, is it a, is an issue of scale? Um, mm-hmm. I mean, when you the words "bad Mormon" have a very specific. Uh, impact on the church's branding effort, right? Right. And so that's that that's that's a, that's a hard um, thing because you've got all these bad sure. things, like you know, like bad Santa and stuff like that, that has this connotation to it that's very uh, that mm. the church probably doesn't want to be associated with. Um, Mormon yeah. stories. I mean, yeah, it's 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 a you know, it's a um, it has a message that is. Um, has conflicts with the church's uh, teachings and messaging and those mm-hmm. types of things. Is it big enough to um, to justify a lawsuit? It, it's hard to say. Yeah, that that's that's a good question because you know when you when you file a lawsuit, you really do have to prove or quantify harm somehow. Right. So maybe maybe you're right. Maybe maybe this one is in terms of reach because Real Houses uh, series is really big. But I was going to say in terms of like I'm kind of surprised that if this is the precedent that they haven't gone after John Delin because in terms of confusion, like brand confusion, um, I would think that Mormon story, the Mormon stories podcast would be very confusing as to whether that, you know, is not owned by the, or associated with the church. Well, and that's the most interesting part about it, right? Because yeah. when we, when we use the term Mormon, um, it has a lot of different meetings depending on the context, right? Mm-hmm. There's there's the prophet Mormon. There's the kind of um, derogatory euphemism Mormon that was used by the church's enemies to refer to us in the early days of the church. Now right. it's kind of like, okay, are you, you know, similarly to like in the media when you hear the term Jewish, like Jewish is a religion, Jewish is a heritage, um, Jewish is a culture. Um, just and so I think I see the term Mormon yeah. becoming more of that. Like, are you culturally Mormon, um, mm-hmm. or yeah, are sure. you are you a member of a faith? Or so it, it kind of, regardless of what the people in the faith intend it to mean or what it's come to mean, the, the culture kind of takes that term and and turns it into whatever it wants. So yeah. I, I think that's uh, another aspect that we're dealing with with that. Hmm. That's interesting. Yeah. And I also think it's kind of interesting because President Nelson's work has been trying to disassociate 
the church with the word with the term Mormon. Which is a yeah. euphemism. Yeah, which yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. And I wouldn't necessarily call it disassociate, but he wanted he like he wants to make clear this is the church of Jesus Christ. This isn't Mormon. That's a good that's a better way of putting right? it. Right. Like sure. yeah. Yeah. so that's I mean, I think they've they've held on to the patents for good or the trademark, not the patent, like if they've held yeah. on to the, all the trademark. trademarks yeah. for good reason. Mm-hmm. Um and uh yeah, so it's not that we're I don't think the church is totally dissociating with it. We just want to make sure that that the Savior's name is front and center because yeah. this is his church. You're right. Mormon, the prophet Mormon would probably be more like he probably really mortified if uh knowing that people are naming the church after him. It's like, did you guys read <laughs> read the book? Right. <laughs> um, That's a good point. Um, interestingly enough, uh, I thought that was that she talked about, uh, Heather Gay, by the way, talked about how she'd served a mission, uh, in France. Um, but yeah, it seemed like the, it, 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 I think it definitely an interesting character and in how she would get to, uh, I think it would be interesting to see how she got to, uh, the show and, and stuff like that. So cool. Interesting how she got to the, sh- what, how, how, like what her journey would have been from like return missionary to, oh, to a real housewife of, of, of Salt Lake. Okay. Which that's such a, st- <laughs> I'm sorry. Like, I know I went on a, a, on a rant before, like how much I hate the, like enter- entertainment like this, but I really just hate entertainment like this. <laughs> real housewife <laughs> of Salt Lake. What the heck, man? Like this, it's just like, I honestly just, yeah, this is like the lowest form of entertainment. And I wish these shows had gone away by now. You know, <laughs> I, Yeah. Well, it's interesting. Think, yeah. yeah, I mean, like being being a kid of the '90s, I, I like I did think that this was just going to go the way of the Buffalo. I'm like, oh yeah, yeah this is like too. this this is going to be of a time, right? But it's the real totally world on being, MTV, man. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Another like, I'm surprised things like this uh, su- survived, like the Me Too movement, right? It's like this is. This is so degrading to actual, like, this is so degrading to women, in my opinion, calling these women real housewives of Salt Lake. Like, this is something that people should be living up to, rather than, <laughs> you know? And, like, yeah, shows like The Bachelor and stuff. I'm really surprised all these shows have survived when it's when we're supposed to be, you know, <laughs> trying to progress as a culture. Yeah, and then you look at these shows, and they're just like, "Oh, okay, so let's so women are actual like literal prizes to be won on shows." So it's like maybe we should do a little bit better. Maybe maybe uh, Heather Gay shouldn't actually command this much press. You know, I mean, the I fact agree. that we're covering yeah, it sure. first, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sure. it's <laughs> it's stupid. All right. Well, okay. We'll move on. Okay. Real Housewives of Salt Lake is stupid. <laughs> <laughs> the show, by yeah. the way. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure there are plenty of non-stupid housewives in Salt Lake. The show is yeah. stupid. Yes. I agree. <laughs> All right. All right. So uh, the next thing, uh, the next uh, kind of article we had kind of on our docket was the, the, there's a new uh, UK poll that suggests that people have a less favorable, favorable opinion uh, of the church. Uh, the last, there was a, so it's yougovamerica.com. Uh, recently, 
uh, explored Americans' attitudes about 35 religious groups, organizations, or belief systems. Um, and uh, they asked a thousand people, a random sample of 17 of those 30, uh, about 17 of those 35 organizations, um, including Christianity, Protestantism, uh, Amish, Judaism, Buddhism, Catholicism, Presbyterianism, and a lot of them. Um, uh, other ones are, I guess we can, we can keep going as a little bit as agnostics, uh, Sikhs, um, atheism, Wicca, uh, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. They also include the fundamentalist Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, which I thought was interesting. Uh, I think it's Satanism, good. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because they're like, delineating those two for sure. Mm-hmm. Right. So I've been in so many um, uh, contexts where those two things get conflated. Right. And it's it's really difficult because, I mean, primarily because of the polygamy issue. Right. Um, mm-hmm. Because they they still believe and practice it and, and we don't practice it anymore. And so I, I really like that part of the article that they made that distinction. Yeah, I, I like that, too, because still the amount of again, Mormons and polygamies jokes that are still around drives me crazy. Yeah. It's low hanging yeah. fruit. But it, I mean, it's like, there's tons of stuff to make fun of us about. Like yeah. polygamy ended in the eight, in 1890. Like it's, it is more than a hundred years, uh, you know, outdated. Like get, get yourself some new, new material. Um, uh, at any rate, uh, yeah, they said that, um, that, uh, so what they did is they they said, do you have a fav- uh, very favorable, somewhat favorable, neither favorable nor unfavorable, not sure, somewhat unfavorable or very unfavorable um, view of the view of these religious organizations? And uh, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter Day Saints came in interestingly. So of those responses, they got a six on very favorable, eleven on somewhat favorable 36 and 36 people were neutral. So neither favorable nor unfavorable nine didn't know, but 20 had a somewhat unfavorable and 19 had a very unfavorable. So in terms of favorable versus unfavorable, I mean, it's more than two to one, which is interesting. What do you guys think about that? I was thinking, I was thinking of the notes I used to pass to girls, like in, in <laughs> elementary school. I all, all I would say is, you know, do you like me? Yes or no? Like, if I should have put, do you like? Do you think I'm favorable? Do you think I'm unfavorable? Do you think I'm somewhat unfavorable? Do you think I'm somewhat favorable? Do you think my um, image is, you know, I should have done that. That would have made that would have helped my self esteem a lot more rather than just yeah. saying, No, it's, I don't like you. It's not a like a uh, like a Rotten Tomatoes thing where it's binary. Right. Yeah. You have a little bit more of a spectrum there. Yeah. Um, oh, this is very this is very survey talk. Like I did telephone surveys in college, which was a very fulfilling profession indeed. Um, but it, yeah, that's very that's very survey talk. So, so, what do you guys think is the new is the new is what do you think is up with this with this shift in in perspective? Well, so this uh, there's I apologize because we didn't prep on this, but this just came to mind as we started talking mm-hmm. about it. Yeah. Um, so what we have talked about this show before, there's a show called Hello Saints. Um, it's a, a pastor is investigating um, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, reading the scriptures, visiting the facilities, going to meetings, those types of things. Well, one of the most, the most recent as per um, 
when we recorded this uh, video to come out is, um, the, the, well, the title on the image of the video is, Do Evangelicals Hate Mormons? And it's a little bit of clickbait. It's, 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 it's relevant to what he's talking about, but, mm-hmm. um, but he does go into a really interesting conversation of the history between evangelical and mainstream Christianity and the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints and why there is tension there. And since so many people in the States, um, identify as evangelical, I think that probably feeds into some of this response. And so, mm-hmm. um, and so I think that there's it, anyone listening should, should go watch it. Cause I think it's a, to, for me, not having a, a huge background in, um, in evangelical Christianity, it was an interesting perspective for me to, to see why there is some, some angst there, um, between, uh, between like mainstream Christianity and, and our faith. It, it's really interesting because uh, as you as you kind of scroll down, you see a little bit more demographics of where these answers are coming from. And it says that those who say religion is not very important to them, uh, the church has a very negative view. So it's uh, instead of it goes from like negative fifty to positive, you know, however many scores they got, and the church gets a really bad rap as negative forty one for people uh, that don't care about religion or, or religion is not important to them. That's right. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, but again, but, a lot of that has to do with media, you know. Yeah, oh yeah, for sure. Right. Um, and it's like that to me. That's a very interesting stat because it's like they're very because pa- like, that's kind of signals of passionate dislike for something that's not important to them. Yeah. Like, yeah. To me, that would it's it should fall somewhere in the middle because if it's not important to them, then what do they care? Yeah. Well, right. which is interesting because the, there are those who say religion is not very important to them. They ranked, um, you know, uh, so overall Christianity was a negative 10, but Buddhism is a positive 26. Hinduism is a positive six. Agnostic is a plus 19. Atheism is a plus 19. Sikhs are a negative, a negative uh, two. Can I um, can I just say there's there's one demographic here that I'm is rubbing me the wrong way because I grew up um, in Southern California and I was surrounded by Jehovah's Witnesses all the time mm-hmm. and Jehovah's Witnesses are great like I th- they have been they've been nothing but great in my experience and to see them like at a negative thirty one yeah. Um, that was crazy. So I'll, I'll tell you the story. So when I was, I went to graduate school at the university of Michigan and after I graduated, I was, you know, getting our trailer ready to haul back to, to Utah. Um, so Springer and I were getting ready to leave and, uh, and head back here. And as I was like, um, putting a hitch on the car to try to, to try and get us going, this, uh, car full of Jehovah's witnesses drove up to me. Right. And I could tell they were nervous, but so, so they, they yelled over to me. So I went over to talk to them, um, and they fumbled with their words a little bit, but essentially what they were trying to tell me is, or what, what eventually came out is, would you like greater faith? And I was kind of having a rough day at that point. Like I'm, I'm doing all this stuff and I've, I've got all this stress on my mind and, 
And that question, like, just, like, made my day, actually. And I just looked at him, smiled, and said, yes. I took their pamphlet. Um, the girl that was in the car, like, got a really big smile on her face because apparently she hadn't gotten a good reception to that all day. And um, I thought I thought they were great. So I, I think the Jehovah's Witnesses got a bum rap on this one because I, I think they're good folks. Yeah, uh, I agree. So, yeah, it's just interesting. that So, but in term, going back to, uh, you know, people who say that religion is very important to them, we still don't have a great, a great viewpoint from them. We have a negative 11. And in context, the FLDS church has a negative 14. So, so what what do you guys think that the the reasoning is for this? Do you think that uh, do you think it has a lot to do with exposure in the media? Like, what what do you think? Yeah, so media, I think, has a big um, big impact on it for sure. Uh, it was what what's interesting about what you said about um, Buddhism getting very pot like plus whatever Positive like scores, yeah, yeah, and. Um, I think, I think Buddhism can get a really positive score because there, there's a lot about lifestyle that's, that's mm-hmm. kind of public, you know, there's a lot about a pe- very peaceful lifestyle. I, we probably don't do enough, or at least people don't listen to enough how much lifestyle goes along with our church, right? It's not just a belief system. It is very much a lifestyle right? It, it, it affects every part of our, of our lives as it should. Right. Um, and so that's, I hadn't thought about it before, but that's probably something that we either we could do better portraying or, you know, people could do, do a better job listening to, or, you know, a combination of the two. Um, normally I, I really don't care about, about these polls. Like I, and I, mm-hmm. I have a hard time, like, deciding on what, you know, what, why is it? Because I think there's a lot of factors that go into why sure. this is. Um, the, so the Salt Lake Trib, they, they, had, they were um, talking about this in their, their Mormon land part uh, uh, article. And there's a common, cons- the, Sam Brunson, he's a blogger for By Common Consent is his name mm-hmm. of, his, of his blog. And he was surprised to see that the church was plus four among 18 to 29 year olds and minus 36 among 65 and older, which normal Christianity that's switched. Younger is less favorable and older is more. Um, And there's one thing that, uh, that he says is that um, he talks, he says we, he he means members of the church. He says that we're not, we're not doing a job good job explaining to our neighbors the good things we're doing. Maybe that's because um, we're just not that maybe that's because we're not doing good things or maybe it's because we're not publicizing the good things we do. Um, Which I think is like, obviously the church is doing good things and there's a lot there, but they're not going to, you know, there's not a lot of media about it, but there's also not a lot of like, Hey, look what we do, you know? Um, And there's one line in the trip that I do think is, is worthwhile, like worthy of, of thinking about is that image may not be everything, but it's something it's especially important in a missionary minded church. So I think that's one thing where these polls do are kind of important is to how 
um, like kind of setting expectations for missionary work. It's like, how do, how are people seeing us mm -hmm. before we even go out? The, the one poll that I do want to see that I don't think is like, this is just us. This is just polled in the U S right. Um, I want to see what I want to see a worldwide view of the church. The church is bigger outside the U S than it is inside. Yeah. And so I like, to me, that is the more important poll that I would like to see. Mm -hmm. the, uh, a question that I kind of have is does the church does and should the church care? You know, like we're very okay with being a particular, a peculiar people. And I, I think you're right. I think a lot of the, the particularly the negative, the, the negative uh, press, I think, recently can come through, again, the media. Like, again, I know Hulu's done a couple of specials on the church that have not really portrayed the church in a, in a great light. Um, um, but I think you're right. I think that it, it's interesting that the, that the church does a ton of really, really good things, but it doesn't ever make the news. You know, like the... The, we'll talk about this a little bit later, but the, the church's response to the earthquakes in Syria and Turkey. That's not making any headlines, but they, they're doing exactly what they do with all natural disasters, which is donate a lot of money and help a lot of people. And organize. They're organized. They're mm -hmm. in there. They're getting, you know, yeah. they're, they're getting their hands dirty and helping, you know. But the thing is, is that, I mean, you, you think about it, that's really consistent with our worldview, right? The we're not supposed to be doing things for acclamation. We're supposed to be doing that, you know, let not thy left hand know what thy right hand doeth, you know, and God who seeth in secret will reward thee openly, you know, those, those types of things. So I think it's really consistent with our, uh, with our theology that it is that way. Having said that though, I, I just think the church is very patient. You know, there's obvious, messaging that's going on but it's a long game um, you know trying to counteract the myriad things that are uh, said about us in, in various circles so I, I, ju I just think the church is very patient they try not to overreact to things and they just try and you know it's like uh, you know just, just that steady drip 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 of um of positive messaging, which I, which I think is is a good thing, and it's actually kind of, you know, the opposite of the you know uh, Real Housewives of Salt Lake City, you know, that's just based on you know stupidity, yeah, dumbness, <laughs> voyeurism. <laughs> we're, we're, we got we got Virgins back on there. Oh, I think we should. I think that's, that that's great. You said drip, 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 drip. Which I mean has oh, to move oh, yes. to our to our next one. Sorry, Burgess, <laughs> we're we're moving on. Uh, again, another article in the Salt Lake Tribune this week uh, talks about something that's going on that I think is pretty top of mind of many Utahns uh, now, uh, which is the you know the status of the Great Salt Lake. Um, some ecologists have said that if in the next few years the Great Salt Lake can completely disappear. And that it will be now a toxic wasteland. Uh, we'll all breathe, be breathing in arsenic, which is probably not great for our lungs. Uh, 
But the, uh, the, the Salt Tribune wrote an article that says how the LDS church could prevent its headquarters from becoming a toxic wasteland. And if, if anybody else loved the drip, drip, drip segue into this, like that was like, you should listen to the rest of the Bless the Refreshment episodes. Right. Johnny has a lot of those <laughs> great segues right into something like this. But that's how right. you know, was, that's how you know good. when we're on is because yeah. like the segues just, just flow. Right. Right. <laughs> Speaking of flow, the segues roll. Oh yeah. Flow. That would have been, I was thinking about segues, like the things you write on, which would have taken us nowhere. Right. <laughs> so yeah, Tyson. Tyson's uh, segways are much better. Yeah. Than, than you cannot ride a Segway to the Great Salt Lake. Speaking of the Great Salt Lake, you could <laughs> maybe in a few years when it's all dry. <laughs> well, excellent. Uh, I, I, yeah, this one's this is an interesting episode because it talks about um, you know before I opened the episode or opened the, the article, I thought, okay, how can the church, uh, you know make a difference in this. And it was taught, I was like, Oh, maybe the, they could just donate a lot of money in to supporting whatever kind of, whatever kind of, uh, efforts that are going on to preserve the great Salt Lake. It actually talks a lot about water rights. The church so, has a lot of right to water. Right. So, so here's the interesting thing about this, because the answer to your question, Donnie, what can the church do about the, um, uh, the declining water in the great salt lake one answer, and I, I think it's actually a true answer, is really kind of nothing, right? They can't in and of themselves do anything about it. They do talk about the water rights, but to to the Tribune's credit, they it's minuscule. Like the water rights that the church has is not going to um, going to make a difference in the you know the the amount of water in the Great Salt Lake to a significant degree. But it it's does a drop make, in the bucket. It, it's it's sure. really a drop in the bucket, but it's kind of a it's kind of a political thing. Just that the fact that the church has the water rights and that they're so old, right? Um, but they can do something in messaging because they have so much um, sway amongst a, a large population in Utah that they can have a great impact that way in terms of you know uh, leading a conversation and trying to you know, talk about the importance So the church came out with a, um, with a, uh, you know, a, a news, you know, a news article, uh, you know, in the last year or so that talked about the importance of water conservation and those types of things. And that's really important. And another anecdotal thing, I remember when, uh, California, which I, I grew up in has droughts, you know, all the time. And what the church will do, and they don't just do this in California, it's just one example, but um, like the LA Temple, for example, has a huge turf lawn right in front. And when when water is really low, they'll let that, you know, kind of die out or, or you know, go brown or whatever. And so, but it's not that them not watering that's going to really affect the drought. Um, it's just showing that they're in solidarity with the, you know, with, with the condition and they're trying to, they're trying to be a good example. Yeah. And so I, I think, I think that that is something does talk about an interesting part about the word of wisdom, um, and how our, um, our, our livestock really feeds into this more than the water rights, water rights do. 
Um, and so because because we've got you know such a such a big you know, kind of meat eating culture, that's that's a big contributor to to water usage in our state. Yeah, I, um, I don't know how much the church has, as like the leaders have spoken publicly, like church wide, but I know our like as our stake, maybe our area, I don't know, at least our stake has spoke. We've ha- have spoken a lot about what we can do in our stake to to help out with the water, like make sure that we're following the restrictions, like plant more, you know, native grasses, you know, things like that, like. Try to have you know. I feel like our stake has done has done a lot. So hopefully that's hopefully that's um, you know a statewide. I'm not sure, but um, like I was just thinking that I I feel like the the church had done a lot. But I'm reading through the article, and I guess there hasn't been a whole lot whole lot publicly from church leaders specifically about the Great Salt Lake. Um, but I like I said, I've, I feel like our stake has done a lot of good. Yeah, I just don't know if anyone has an answer yet as to what to do about the Great Salt Lake. Uh, and I know what's probably making it worse, it's growth. A yeah. lot of people, like Utah's, Utah's population is growing, and, and as population grows, we use more water. Um, and I don't really know, I don't really know what can be done. Well, it's in, this is such an interesting thing to me. So, okay, so I'm going to put on my church history hat for a second here. Um, if you look at the history of the settlement of the Great Basin, and uh, one book that everyone can read, it's not a book by one of our one of our members, but it's one of the most interesting books about the settlement of the West. It's called Cadillac Desert, um, and one of the things that the author mentions over and over again is that the reason that the early saints settled this area, and this is you know supported by statements by Brigham Young and others, is because it was such a forsaken piece of land that no one would ever want it, right? Mm-hmm. And that's that was like the criteria that saints used to settle places. Like, oh, no one's ever going to come kick us out of these places because <laughs> it's not exactly a desirable <laughs> piece of land, right? But in our days, we have different criteria for what constitutes a good place to live. Um. Because traditionally, and a friend of mine had classes on this, desirable places to live were always based on, uh, you know, plenty of, you know, natural resources. Water is the biggest one, right? But also, you know, lots of, you know, mineral resources, um, you know, uh, different types of fuel, you know, things, things that allow us to, you know, to, to, to live and do, do those kinds of things. We have such globalization now that a lot of that gets, you know, gets hidden from us. We don't know what the resources is because we're trading from all over the place. We all have what we need. And so our criteria for going to a certain place isn't necessarily based on those things like they would have mm-hmm. been in the past. But now it's kind of coming back because like, okay, where are we going to get all this water to support all these people? So uh, for, if what I hear, if what, what I hear, if I'm hearing what you're saying correctly, is that this is just propaganda to get people to stop moving to Utah because it's a great place to live. <laughs> I'd like people to stop moving to Utah. Absolutely. <laughs> I, I've always thought. Say that as no, a non, 
Utah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Someone who didn't grow up here. Yeah. Right. Uh, I, uh, I, I've always thought that the idea of the saints coming over the valley and coming into the valley and seeing the great Salt Lake, like, Whoa, look at all that water. And then they go to, it and it's five times saltier than the ocean. Right. That's a major bummer. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I, I think I and I think that the Great Salt Lake is is interesting, especially that it's taking kind of center stage in uh, in 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 our state, really, for sure. I want to say the stat is is that like each I'm trying to remember if it's each household. I think on average uses like 200 gallons of water a day. We got to cut that out. Like to live in a desert and use that much water it's way too much. We don't we don't live in the Midwest where like yeah. Kentucky bluegrass just grows spontaneously. Like we we've, we've got to have a culture shift around that. We've got to use, you know, like native plants and kind of embrace the um the landscape that we live in. Yeah. Um John Oliver did a did a, a did a a segment about water rights and water usage. And they said that St. George is one of the worst areas in the country because of its golf courses. I was like, yeah, that makes, yeah, a lot makes sense. sense. Right. And they have got a lot of golf courses and they use a ton of water in a place that's where an- water evaporates immediately. That's another thing that sucks is golf. <laughs> <laughs> well, there goes our real housewives of, <laughs> Salt Lake uh, viewers and now our golfing, uh, now our golfer demographic. Thanks, Burgess. That's all right. I'm just crossing. Curtis never going to ask us to come back on the show but, ever again. And, <laughs> and just for, for those of us, for those people who don't know us, like this is kind of Burgess's mo. Like there's a demographic of people we lose every show. It's it's like yeah. almost it's a different one too. Sometimes sometimes it's geographic. You know, sometimes it's based on interests. You know, it's, you just never know. It's one of the it's one of the hallmarks of the show. Well, if everybody just lived up to my standards, then we'd be fine. I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't have to, you know, we'd all get along. But, you know, people don't. It's constantly disappointing, Burgess. They everyone. are. It's a shame. <laughs> well, uh, good times. All right. Well, let's, let's move on to, uh, to again, uh, a big wor- piece of world news. And that is uh, the, the church's, uh, I guess, the, the piece of world news is is the um, her earthquakes in um, Syria and in Turkey, man, that is rough. Rough go for sure. Um, I, I think I think that it's interesting that we live in a day that that we can see what is happening immediately across the world uh, in a very real time. I, I you know like twenty years ago, you'd have to see it on the you'd see it on the news, but again, now you can see videos of it happening on Twitter almost immediately. Yeah. Um, And some of these videos are just, just really, really scary, you know, with the buildings coming down and stuff. Yeah, man. Yeah. I mean, those of us in Utah that got, you know, we got rattled by the, that five point whatever, you know, two years ago. Yeah. Or whatever. And, and I remember like, you know, being shaken, like a little bit shaken by that. And to to go through like two almost eight pointers back to back, this it just looks terrible. Oh, dude! And I remember, uh, I remember feeling, uh, you know, some earthquakes that didn't, you know, like that earthquake really happened for less than ten seconds, and I was like, whoa, that was kind of long. But like in when I lived in Japan, man, those 
like the earthquakes would go on for a long time. Uh, and so ones like those got to go on for so long and so scary. The death toll now is reported by CNN. It's up to almost 24,000. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it very easily get up to 30, you know, before it's all said and done. Oh, easy. Yeah. Right. Easily. Uh, and they said that injury reports are up to 80,000. Man, that, that's just, it's rough. But so, uh, I, so, I, I, yeah. Oh, no, I was, I was just going to say, I, I actually grew up in earthquakes because, um, you know, we've got, I didn't have like a really major one, but we'd all, always get like a little rumble every now and again um, when I was growing up in California. Um, at the start of the pandemic, do you guys remember the earthquake we had? Um, this would have been early 2020. Yeah. I was in like a big box uh, grocery store when that happened. And it was, it was kind of funny. I'm like, I started thinking like, oh, we're having an earthquake. And so I, was, I started to think like, oh, where should I go? And, and the building was kind of a, um, a large, you know, steel framed building. So it's built. So it's supposed to shift a little bit and you could see kind of the rafters shake back and forth. And I was mm -hmm. looking around the people inside probably hadn't been in an earthquake at least in quite some time. And everyone was like, was like hugging each other. <laughs> you know, like they were really, they were really happy to be alive. Um, and, but it just goes to show sometimes we don't know how bad it can get. Oh, um, you know what I mean? So, I mean, these earthquakes, I mean, there was like, like tens of thousands of people died. Um, and I'm an architect and, just to give you guys a little a little perspective into into what I go through, like we have um, authorities in each jurisdiction that tell us, you know, that kind of uh, scrutinize our drawings to make sure that we've uh, accommodated every code. And there's so many codes, like you could never count them all. It's ridiculous. But this kind of thing puts that in context. Like this is what we're designing for. So if we can save, it's, it's hard because if it's, if the earthquake's bad enough, there's almost, you know, there's only so much you can do, but if you can minimize the damage to me, it kind of like, okay, I'm not going to give the, the building official as hard a time <laughs> next time. Yeah, yeah. I know that their job is, is to make sure when things like this happen, that, um, that we can, it, we can it, save maybe, some maybe of you could speak. Maybe you could speak to this a little bit, Tyson, being an architect. Say, a, like, two, earthquakes of that magnitude hit, you know, like Salt Lake or hit uh, Chicago, like a big inland. I guess Chicago is not really inland because it's got the 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 Lake Michigan like right, right. close to it. But it, say it hits a major city like that. Like, would buildings crumble here like they did in Turkey and in Syria, or is it? Are our buildings a little more sound? I don't know. So, so I, I think it's it's very regional. So, um, mm -hmm. I think in every area you're going to have a mixed bag. So some sure. some buildings, depending on when they were built and if they're historical, you know those types of things. Mm -hmm. So that's one of the main things that's happening with the Salt Lake Temple right now, and and right. other other historical temples is there. Um, upgrading them seismically to, to withstand these types of things. And it's really hard with these traditional masonry temples, right? Mm -hmm. um, the same thing with other buildings. When we had that, one of the things um, 
I'm not gonna for fear that it would it would reflect badly on the on the entity. We had a client when that earthquake happened that hired us to go and do an evaluation of any damage to their um, uh, to their properties. And so we had to go see if there was any cracking and things like that. Is it, you know, uh, would would the insurance be covering it? You know, what remediation would would have to be done? Now, most of it was pretty minor, but even some of the some of the buildings that were built in the, you know, forties, fifties, sixties, seventies, building codes have evolved since then, and so you just each one is kind of its own beast, and so you've got to be. You know, you just have to be vigilant mm-hmm. as an owner. You know, homes are even more, they're, they're not as regulated, regulated as commercial buildings. Right. And so you just have to, you know, be mindful of when was your building built, um, under what codes and what kind of contractor was likely working on it. Those will, those will kind of tell you the things that you need to know. But, um, but yeah, other countries are going to have the same thing. So you've got a lot of places. I was in the Philippines on my mission and the Philippines has, have places that are just, you know, essentially someone just built something there. It's, it's not like Mm -hmm. it was overseen at all or anything like that. And lots of different parts of the world will have that, um, in, in different, uh, contexts. So, um, it's hard to, it's hard to generalize because every place is so different, but it's, Mm -hmm. yeah. If, if you were just a guy or a girl that, decided to build something someplace and live there. Yeah. There's a pretty good chance that, you know, you, you didn't have structural engineering training to teach you how to do that. And and that can end up in a bad thing if there's an earthquake. Yeah. Um, just real quick. So, uh, back to Turkey and Syria, the Latter-day Saints are encouraged to use justserve.org to create and find community service opportunities. Uh, church members and others can also donate to the faith's humanitarian humanitarian aid efforts. Um, so I'm, I'm reading this from the uh, the church newsroom. Um, and the, uh, the saints are asked to be patient as service projects emerge. So things are still, you know, in a lot of flux. So there's, mm-hmm. there might not be like specific things on justserve.org, but there will be very shortly. So, and obviously, as, as we said earlier with, with all natural disasters and, and tragedies, the church is, is, is always going to be one of the first, you know, the first boots on the ground. They're going to be very organized. So there will be lots of projects that, um, that if anybody, uh, wants to, they, the, there's going to be plenty of opportunities to, to help out. Yeah. I, I would imagine that, that newsroom.lds.org or newsroom.churchofjesuschrist.org would be a really good resource. Uh, keep checking that regularly. And, and, you know, as much as thoughts and prayers is kind of a mocked, you know, sentiment in our culture now. I, I mean, there's, maybe there's not a whole lot else we can do besides donate money, donate, um, and, and pray as much as we can. So, man, so rough. Um, I don't know how to get a segue out of this one without it being super downer. Uh, well, it's, I mean, it is a super downer. So like, yeah, I, I thought of one, but I don't know. <laughs> like speaking of prayers, hail Mary's, 
Hail Marys. All right, I, that's fine with me. I wonder if the game there will be any Hail Marys in the Super Bowl. Hey, <laughs> speaking of Super Bowl, one it's of the is for the church. <laughs> Andy, and if Super Bowl. What is what is this number of Super Bowl now? I don't. I didn't. I, Fifty. Who cares? Wow. Yeah. If the Steelers I, aren't in it, I don't care. <laughs> I stopped counting after Super Bowl XL. Steelers won that one. Did they? The oh, that's right. That's right. Steelers beat the Seahawks. The problem is they do them in Roman numerals, and I'm not very good at Roman numerals. I think it's 58. It's got to be a seven. It's a seven. 57. If L is 50, mm-hmm. VII would be seven. Okay. So right. 57. All right. So that's crazy. That XL Super Bowl was like almost like more than a decade ago. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Time just goes too fast. Yeah. Steelers Uh, won another Super Bowl after that, too. We're not talking about the Steelers right now. (laughs) Take it easy. (laughs) We're talking about the Kansas City Chiefs and the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, Kansas City Chiefs, uh, head coached by uh, Andy Reid. BYU grad. Uh, Eagles and, coach. Huh? And former Eagles coach. Oh, that's right. He is formerly, he is a formal, former Eagles coach, isn't he? Um, which I think is, which I think is really awesome. Other uh, notable members of the church, uh, when I say notable, but other members of the church that play for the Kansas City Chiefs would be Matt Bushman. I mean, he's on, he's, I don't know if he's actually traveling to the Super Bowl. He's on the practice squad because I think he's also injured. Um, and Britton Covey plays for the uh, Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah, return man. Yeah, Britton Covey is smaller than I thought he would be. He's only like 5'8". He weighs like 190 pounds. But, man, he is little. I say as a man who is 5'8". <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I thought it was interesting. Uh, the uh, When I say interesting, I think this is more funny that the um, – that he was uh, that during their uh, during his press conference during one of his pre you know Super Bowl press conferences he was asked um, Coach Reed was asked how he takes his coffee and he responded you know I don't drink coffee he said I'm not a coffee drinker I just get up and go I have endless energy for a chubby guy <laughs> which I think is really cool he seems like a he seems like a really good guy so uh, um, funny uh, funny story my my cousin Xander. Um, oddly enough, is a um, uh, is a look of a look alike of Andy Reid, and he gets dressed up like he actually goes to Chiefs football games um, sometimes, and does the whole get up with the mustache and the headset and and like all of the all of the Chiefs gear. We should probably like when we post that, we should probably let me let me get you a picture because <laughs> it is awesome. Um, <laughs> Does he try uh, to get into the games like that one guy did with uh, Clay Thompson? Well, it wouldn't surprise me. Xander Xander's pretty bold, <laughs> <laughs> and he's the type of guy that can get away with it too. Like, like I'm going to get taken away in handcuffs. Xander's going to get like the red carpet like rolled out for him, and he's going to be like you know, uh, you know, getting along with all the guys, and he's going to get autographs and and stuff like that. I'm gonna I'm gonna get pounced by security. <laughs> um but speaking of the press conference i I love how substantive these media days are like they they'll ask you all the important question like who your favorite rappers are and and those types of things um 
But they actually did stumble onto one on this press conference. They asked Coach Reed, um, what does his perfect burger taste like? And this is actually a really important question because I'm a burger snob. Um, and I was really impressed. So he says, the first thing is the bun. And the bun doesn't get nearly enough um, you know, talk for how important it is to a good burger. If no one's ever been to HSL in Salt Lake City, probably the best burger bun that I've ever had. Now, if you get a burger there, be warned, they don't season their beef for some reason. So ask them to put some salt on it, salt and pepper. Um, but the bun is like amazing. But a good bun. They don't season really, their burgers? It's really a bland burger. I don't get it. Um, but <laughs> So they've but got like, really good buns, but their burger stinks. The, act, the actual meat. But I think if you just tell them like, look, can you put some salt and pepper on it? It'll be okay. But um, but yeah, for whatever so it reason. Comes right down to it. The, the meat is still the important thing, yeah? It's okay. equal. If it's, I could just... Yes. Go ahead. If we, <laughs> if we could stop talking about buns and meat for just a second, like I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm really right on the edge of, of maybe getting kicked off this podcast. So... <laughs> <laughs> what? Are you... Like, you go back and listen to some of the blessed refreshments, you'll realize that Tyson's buns are an important subject, but <laughs> we might just want to leave it where it's at right now. I've had I've had to stifle okay. uh, a couple of, of inappropriate okay. jokes for people who yeah. don't really know us that well. So because yes. Burgess is, Burgess is always the one that keeps us in the appropriate right category. That's his role gotta, on the podcast. I gotta, rain, yeah, I gotta rein everybody in, you know. Okay. <laughs> I just I just <laughs> want everyone. Our, our I just want I just want everyone like so. If you if you do go listen to our Bonnie Young episode, episode eighty two, just listen to Burgess's last comment on the episode. That's all you need to know. <laughs> <laughs> no, you need to listen to the whole episode, Tyson. It's really good. <laughs> I'm just saying about. The, I'm just saying about this thing. Uh, <laughs> no, I know enough about Burgess. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys, we're we're getting off the rails. Uh, what are your score predictions? Who wins the Super Bowl? What are your score predictions? I, I, honestly, I, th- I think the Chiefs win. Is if there's, if you also listen to the episode, another thing that I hate are Eagles fans. I went to <laughs> I went to school at Temple University in Philly, living there. Did like I always hated Flyer fans because I'm from Pittsburgh. I'm a Penguins fan. There's always big rivalry, but Philly. Pro sports fans are the worst. You're obnoxious. You like you. You're loyal, but to the degree that you like literally spit and puke and throw batteries at everybody else. Uh, you overturn cars when your team wins. Yeah, like Philly. Like I, I. There are some Eagles fans that I like that have never been to Philly. Those are probably my favorite kind of Eagles fans. Yeah, me too. like <laughs> so. I wish no success upon. Philadelphia pro sports teams. I'll cheer for the Temple Owls being for college, but pro sports teams, I like. I wish no success upon them. So, Eagle, the Eagles do have a good defense, so it's probably not going to be like the forty-one to seven something that I hope it is. But um, I think I think the Chiefs win. I don't know, 24, 24-21. Nice, Tyson. What do you think? Just because this is what I'm hoping for, I'm I'm hoping for a shootout. Like I, I I just that that's the kind of Super Bowl I like. So I I think 
that in a shootout the the Chiefs win. Um, but I'm going to say the score is going to be something like, um, let's say, 45-42. Nice. Eagles defense really good. Yeah, I was I was going to say, I don't know. I don't know. Because a, a couple of years ago when the Chiefs were in the Super Bowl, like Patrick Mahomes was just incredible. But everyone around him was terrible. Like the one where he was scrambling around for 10 seconds and then he's falling and he throws this dart of a pass and it hits his receiver in the face mask and he drops it. So uh, are we going to see that come out? I was, I was actually going to say, I kn- I followed the NFL very little this year, but I think we're, I, I was thinking, eh, let's do a guess. I was going to say 41, 17 in favor of the chiefs. But again, I just, I just have that, that, that again, that piece of film going through my brain about again Pat Mahomes just pulling out these incredible plays and just everyone around him just crumbling. So I don't know, we'll see. But I'll I'll, I'll stick with that. And on Burgess's right. on Burgess's note about a good defense, because I, I agree with you, the Eagles do have a great defense, but sometimes the cadence of the game just takes over. That's you know point. what I mean? Um and so it just depends. It, you may be right. It may be. It may be a low score. That's just not what I'm hoping for. But uh, yeah, no, I, yeah, yeah. Well, good times. Any other any other uh, things that you want to bring up? What happened uh, with the church and the news uh, over the last week, guys? I don't like Ohio either. <laughs> what does that have to do with anything? <laughs> but like you know, I'm just trying to cross off the demographics. Okay. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, like I said, um, it, it, this was a fun, super fun episode. Very glad to have been here. Uh, it is unlikely that Kurt would like allow us to come back, but That's hopefully, true. we see That's you true. guys. We see you guys again soon. Uh, and and thanks for, for spending an hour with us. <laughs>